Well, good morning and welcome to St. Matthew's Online at this service of Word and Prayer. Uh, our first song is uh, short and straight to the point. Our God, our God of grace and mercy, is worthy of the praise and thanks of everyone, everywhere, at all times. So please join us in singing together from him who dwells below the skies. Again, it's great to have you here at St Matthew's uh, live on the Corso at uh, this uh, service of, of the Word and Prayer. Uh, for our guests, my name is Andrew Graham. I'm one of the ministers here, and uh, my roles at St Matthew's are really to focus on the people who are normally here at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning, uh, as well as pastoral care right across our church family. Uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, this service is really live. Um, we don't get to edit and uh, smooth out the bumpy bits uh, that will happen from time to time. Uh, one of the really strong pluses is because it's live, um, we can hear from each other, not just you from those of us who are beaming here from uh, St Matthew's, but from you at home. So it was really great to see um, when I came on so many people who were saying hello. Uh, David Gardner, you're winning the prize for the first guy there each, uh, each week at the moment. And thanks for your encouraging message. Our God does reign. And there was Jean and uh, Deb Benstead, the Sumpters, John Jones. Really great to hear from John. And uh, the two Virginias, Virginia Stokes uh, here in um, Fairlight and Virginia Stewart with Jeff down in Barrel, uh, as, as well as Carolyn, a, a message from uh, Virginia. Uh, for, for Pam and uh, uh, Colin, nice to have you joining us uh, a little earlier in the morning than normal. As well as Kathy, each week we hear from you for, for John and Val, uh, for the Mannions, the boys, for Denise and Terry. Uh, thank you for saying hello and uh, it's just great to hear from you. Um, as well as greeting one another, uh, it's really worthwhile to be able to share something of significance and uh, today our theme, uh, following on from the, uh, the One Another series, the, command, the One Another Commands in the New Testament, uh, our Senior Minister Bruce will be speaking on the theme of friendship. So I wonder, is there a, a good friend that you've got and something you really value about them that you could share with us? Or something about friendship? I found myself thinking about uh, a couple of friends of my wife Rhonda and I who called a few of us together last night. There ended up being four couples and while we ate our, our dinner in separate homes, we just got to chat and they'd organised a game for us. And what I find amongst the many things that I value in this couple, Graham and Kathy, is they bring people together, like they brought us together last night. And it's not just us, it's just the way they're built and they make great friends. 
So let us know, is there one thing you value in a friend of yours? That would be great. Uh, as well as uh, Bruce speaking, uh, we're going to be engaging with God in prayer and uh, part of the way that will happen is as uh, Trish Appleby uh, leads us in prayer and she'll also be doing the Bible reading. Not all of you will know Trish but she joined our staff team earlier this year and she's become a part of the 8 o'clock service as well. So it'll be great for you to meet her as she serves us in that way. But before we go any further, it would be really good to pray together. And look, it is, there's so many things that are difficult about COVID, but our God is still good and he still rules. So it's really right and good that we thank him for all of his goodness and all of the things he gives us. So please join me in this prayer of thanks. Gracious God, we humbly thank you for all your gifts so freely given to us for life and health and safety, for power to work, leisure to rest, and for all that is beautiful in creation and human life. But above all, we praise you for our Saviour, Jesus Christ, for his death and resurrection, for the gift of your Spirit, and for the hope of sharing in your glory. Fill our hearts with all joy and peace in believing, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Even though God has given us so much, we still fail to thank him as we should and to honour him as we should. So just as we've given him thanks, it, it's right for us to confess our sins. Please join me in this confession of sin. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you made all things and you call everyone to account. With shame we confess the sins we have committed against you in thought, word and deed. We rightly deserve your condemnation. We turn from our sins and are truly sorry for them. They are a burden we cannot bear. Have mercy on us, most merciful Father, for the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all that is past. Enable us to serve and please you in newness of life, to your honour and glory, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. How good is it to know that God forgives our sins because of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, we have Jesus as our great advocate with the Father. We can know the joy of being forgiven in Christ. Well, it's time for notices now. And as we begin them, during this time of COVID, communication is even more important than it normally is. We're just not seeing each other face to face. So if there are concerns that you have that you'd like to share with the staff team, you could certainly use uh, the digital connect code there on the screen uh, this morning and it'll be there a little later in the service or please call us at the office and if you're not sure of the office number it's, uh, it's on the website uh, right, at, right at the front there. Uh, if you're new uh, with us we'd love to hear from you and you could use both of those means. If you were able to get in touch with us we'd love to get in touch with you and just um, check out how we, could, how we might be able to be of service to you. But uh, welcome to you. During lockdown, it can, it can just feel like there's so much that you can't do. Uh, your activity is, is um, restricted. Uh, you can feel a bit useless at times, actually. But you know what? God is always there and listening, and we can pray wherever we are. Um, you can feel a bit, I think, uh, powerless as you watch the news, and so much of it is bad. And you hear things like what we've been hearing out of Afghanistan. But we can lift up our concerns to the God who's in control of everything. So do keep at your prayers and it'll be great when Trish comes to lead us a little later in our service about some matters of concern as well as lifting up further thanksgiving to God. It's been lovely that um, now we're, we're in the second week of having the, uh, the banner um, up on uh, uh, the front of the church building here as well as down at the other end of the Corso there on the beachfront. And people have been texting in prayer requests it's a lovely sign because it lets people in Manly know that we care for them 
and that we express our care through praying. There's been, I think this morning there were 20 people who texted in asking for quite specific things to pray and we'll be praying for them, we'll de-identify them, we're very careful with privacy concerns. Uh, but uh, do be praying for the people of Manly as uh, we also pray for them this morning. Hey, the last thing uh, by way of notice is, is just to say this is a big week uh, for Pam Collis. Uh, we haven't seen Pam uh, down at church here for a while, although she was a part of the furniture almost. Uh, she's been a part of the church here for at least 60 years. And um, Pam's got a big birthday coming up on Wednesday. So not sure whether you're watching live now or whether the staff will organise this just a little bit later. Uh, but Pam, happy birthday uh, for... Uh, for Wednesday, um, what was it, 1 September 1931, uh, your parents welcomed you into the world and uh, we celebrate with God his goodness to you and to so many others through your life, uh, through you. Happy birthday for this week, Pam. Trish, hello. <laughs> it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. And it's been lovely to have it's been lovely to have you joining the 8 o'clock service at, uh, at St. Matt's yeah. this year. Um, you've come here as much as anything because you've been part of 10 with John for some time. Um, but, I mean, how long were you the, the director up at Gumnut Preschool at Narrabeen? I was there for 19 years. Okay, so, uh, so much of your life has been poured into the it children and been, families yeah, there. That came to an end at the, at the end of last year. At a very timely time for St yeah. Matthew's when yeah. you've been able to join in and have a part-time role here um, with coordinating kids' church yeah. ministry this year. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, it's been very exciting. I, I imagine it's been quite tricky doing kids' ministry because you've had all those years face-to-face -face with little ones and their parents yeah. and you've had some of that joy earlier this year but yeah. we've been shut down for nine, ten weeks now. Yeah. Um, how's that been going? Well, it's... Not anything that I expected, actually. Yeah. <laughs> totally different to what I expected. Um, and it's been very challenging, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Um, it's been challenging to get to know parents, challenging to get to know the children as well. Lots of people so, have been praying for you yeah. and, in that. Yeah. 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 Challenging. But there have been some really good things. Okay. We did a really good program leading up to um, the um, COVID, and we were just into learning about Jesus. Mm. And as we came into that, we came into lockdown and we found a really good um, online puppet series for the kids. Okay. And that puppet series was on suffering. Okay. And so the kids learned all about Jesus and how Jesus is um, always good, always yeah. in control and yeah. always loving. And it's, it's been really fantastic. That yeah. They've been able to we want great experiences for our kids, don't mm. we? Yeah. But there's a lot to learn when... Things are yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible's got a lot to say. Yeah. Big yeah. thoughts for little kids. Yeah. 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 But Excellent. it's amazing the way that the kids can take it on. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Great. Um, hey, um, what about friendship? <coughs> friendship. Yeah. You asked me about friendship during the week and I was thinking, oh, what are the qualities of, of good friends? And mm. I was thinking of my good friends and I would say that um, one is trust. Mm. Two is um, having a listening ear. Mm. Three is checking in on me, mm. and um, it's been really lovely to have a couple of COVID mm. um, Zoom meetings with my friends. Yeah. Um, four is um, my friends pray for my wisdom, mm. and I think that's really important. Mm. And then the other, the last one would be being able to laugh with them. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's been hard during lockdown with a, a stretch on mm. our friendships. Yeah. But I'm very thankful for, you mentioned Zoom, yeah. catching up with some, yeah. the phone, those yeah. sorts of things have been such a, yeah. a godsend yeah. during yeah. this time. And being able to walk with people too. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I've been Especially able to in Manly. Walk. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's one of the one lovely things. I've been able to walk with a couple of our youth leaders and... That's been really special. Okay. A special way of getting to know them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, you're going to lead us in prayer and you're I going am. to be back in a few minutes to read the Bible as well. Yep. And by the way, um, Trish has got so many names in this reading. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, please lead us in prayer. <laughs> I will. Let us enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, giving thanks to him because it is his spirit which helps us in our weakness and leads us into prayer. 
Dear Lord, we thank you so much for Pam Collis, for her dedication to St Matt's. Her joyful presence was a blessing during her many years of service here. We pray that there will soon be a time where her family and friends can celebrate her 90th birthday. Lord, as we reflect on friendship this week, we thank you for the friends that you have given us. Help us to be other person-centred. Help us to love them as you have loved us. Help us to share with them in times of joy, celebrations, sadness and grief. Help us to forgive as you have forgiven us. In all our friendships, may we bring glory to you. Lord, we pray for our St Matt's family. We pray for the parents who are struggling with work and homeschooling. We pray for the children who are missing routine and friendships. We bring before you all those who are feeling isolated and fearful, who are in pain mentally and physically, or struggling to find rest. The psalmist writes, When I said my foot is slipping, your love, O Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Lord, you know the hearts and the struggles that many of the people of St Matt's are going through, and you see our grief. Please bring comfort to our days and nights. Father, we thank you that we have been able to ask the people of Manly for their prayer requests by the placement of the banner on the beachfront. Thank you that people will be comforted knowing that they are loved and cared for by you. We ask that prayers about loneliness, deep hurt, serious illness and strained relationships will be answered in ways that will turn hearts towards you and accept you as their saviour. For our nation and the world. Father, we pray for those who are in position of authority in our country, especially for our Prime Minister Scott Morrison and our Premier Gladys Berejiklian. Lord, give them wisdom and knowledge to make decisions that are just and wise. May they have a comprehensive vision of how to best serve the needs of all in society, growing under the weight of how its resources are used. And Father, the needs of the people in Afghanistan are enormous. We pause now to bring you our own prayers for the people of this country. For our mission partners, Lord, we thank you for the dedication and devotion of Dave and Crystal Fell on Norfolk Island. We thank you that they have been able to support them as mission partners while they have grown the ministry of the gospel on the island. As their time there comes to an end and they look forward to starting at Gaimia Anglican Church, we pray that they may finish well, rest and start well, even during the COVID restrictions. We pray that you will use all their skills to further bless the ministry of Guy Amelia Anglican Church for many years to come. Loving Father, you have created us to know you, to love you and to be in relationship with you. Hear our prayers in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
been great to see uh, people making some comments on friendship in the chat section. Uh, there's a lovely expression of care for a friend there from uh, Kathy for our dear sister uh, Gloria. So thanks for passing that on, Kathy. Um, and Brenda mentions how her neighbours have been being very neighbourly, very friendly in uh, sharing food. Actually, we had our neighbours knock on our door um, last night uh, in the middle of a Zoom a session with some other friends and they brought us some food that they, uh, they had to share. So lovely to have those expressions of, uh, of friendship. Uh, during the week, we asked people from right across the St Matt's family uh, that question I asked earlier about friendship and we're just going to see a little montage of things that people had to say. A great friend is someone you've got that special connection with that you can be your true self with and know that despite all your flaws, they are still for you. A great friend is someone who is always there for you. A great friend is someone who you love spending time with. Someone who as soon as you get off the phone from them, you just can't wait to call them back again. Someone who is wise and funny and brings lots of joy into your life. A great friend is someone who loves speak, listens hard, is there for the fun and happy times as well as the hard and messy times someone to do life with. A great friend has many characteristics, but one of the main ones that I think is important is a friend who listens uh, without um, giving advice or to, giving too many advice and is happy with you or sad with you, whatever the situation is. Being somebody who has always struggled with self-doubt, a good friend to me and I am blessed to have many, is somebody who I can genuinely be myself with. And in doing so, being myself is actually good enough. A great friend is someone who can live with you 24-7, put up with all your foibles and nonsense, but who listens all the same, helps to put things in perspective and still loves you unconditionally. The thing I value most in friendship is accountability. A great friend is someone who's patient and generous enough to listen non-judgmentally to my various ups and downs and I guess just always be there for me. And if they can then nudge me to turn my eyes towards Jesus, that's even better. The one thing I value most about friendship is honesty, I think brutal, direct honesty, um, whether you've got something in your teeth or whether you are kind of going off track um, or if you just need a comforting word. To me, a good friend is someone who helps me carry my burdens if I'm going through a low or a difficult time, especially in the context of COVID, someone who's willing to give you their time, to listen to, to offer you words of advice or simply just cheer you up. Ecclesiastic 4 tells us that two people are better than one because if one person falls then the other person is there to help lift that person back up. So that's my definition of a good friend. One thing I value about friendship, especially long-term friendship, is being known. You don't need to explain yourself. I like my friends because they're fun to play with. The thing that I value most about friendship is probably how it makes us grow and change as a person. The thing that I value most about friendship is the relationship itself, um, the connection that you have, um, being able to be empathetic with each other and um, yeah, truly sharing each other's lives and also just being each other's champion. It's the best thing about friendships. For me, a great friend is someone who can and does rebuke me in love. And friendship, that's all about doing things together. A good friend is there for you in the good and bad times. Um, and to pray with you when you're going through a really hard time and be there with you. And to kayak with you. When they can't swim. The one thing that I most value about friendship is that I'm never alone. When things are going well, they celebrate with me. When things are tough, they commiserate with me and help share the burden. True friends have my back no matter what. The first reading today comes from Romans 16, 1 to 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, 
a deacon of the church of Senrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend, Epenetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apellus, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, whose women who worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Ansyncritus, Felon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philogogos, Julia, Nerissus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. The next reading is from Hebrews 13, 1 to 8. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honoured by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Good morning everyone, great to see you here. Let me pray as we begin to think about friendship. Father we thank you for your word and may you enable us to not just know you but to be people who love each other and really develop really healthy and helpful friendships uh, amongst us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I don't know if you have watched the uh, sitcom Friends. Uh, It's a very famous sitcom, uh, and I do have a confession to make. As famous as it is, I never watched it. And I thought I needed to start that way because uh, there's no doubt when you think in terms of our popular culture about Friends, this was a series that really was defining... Uh, in the 90s. It ran for 10 years. Uh, it was one of the longest running sitcoms and number of awards it won, 62 nominations for primetime Emmys and I think it captured the world, not just America's imagination but the world's imagination because it was a program that really put forward the whole value of friendship and you had these six uh, fun loving young adults. There was Rachel, Monica, Phoebe, Joey, Chandler and Ross goofy, quirky, um, and they just had a great time together. And this series, in a sense, um, had one key theme, which was that the most important thing was not to care so much about other people's opinions, but rather to have a close circle of friends around you that you did life. And I think that's why it just resonated uh, right through the 90s uh, into the 2000s, and has since made a rerun on Netflix, 2015, the series was bought, and again, seen by millions of people. And when you think about friendship, um, it is so profound. 
And I was reading a couple of uh, articles about friendship and particularly some studies that were done on the need for friendship. And here's a couple of uh, figures for you as you think about friendship. Um, 27% of millennials, and millennials are the people who are aged 25 to 40, actually say, this is in America, they have no close friends. This is 2017. Uh, 2017, 25% of millennials have no acquaintances and 22% have no buddies at all. Now, what about Australia? Are we any different over here? Well, the answer is no. Um, In 2018, there was a study done and 25% of Australians feel lonely at least one day a week. It's a very sad statistic. And 30% of Australians feel like they are not part of a group of friends. And as I was writing this talk and thinking about those statistics, I thought there's no doubt there'll be people who are listening today that will identify with that sadly, that they feel alone, that they don't feel like they actually have a group of friends. And I want to look at uh, a number of things this morning. Uh, Firstly, the value of friendship. Uh, Secondly, the transformation of friendship. And thirdly, the practice of friendship. But let's think firstly about the value of friendship. And uh, I do say I did feel a bit cheeky getting uh, the Bible readers to read Romans 16 this morning. Uh, Trisha's rolling her eyes here in the church because let me just say such a difficult passage with all those names but it is a fascinating chapter and we don't often look at Romans 16 Uh, it's one of these kind of additions that we think of as just sort of um, yes nice that it's there but not really study it in any kind of depth and when you look at Romans no doubt it's not the most studied book uh, chapter in that book in what is a profound book but I want you to note a few things In that reading from verse 1 to 16, 15 times in the original language, he uses the word to greet. And it is striking. Greet this person, greet this person. And in the 15 greetings, he mentions by name 26 different individuals and households. And they no doubt represented many of the household churches that were meeting in the city of Rome at the time. And you do suspect that probably... There were many Christians we know at the time that Paul wrote uh, in the middle of the first century that probably many of them didn't actually know each other and there was a sense of which Paul was introducing them to themselves. Now what's fascinating is four times he picks out individuals to describe them as friends. But not just friends, the word he uses here is the word for beloved. And there's a number of different words used in the New Testament for friends. Uh, One could be from the word philos, but this is a word uh, which means beloved. And to give you a feel for the weight of it and the strength of it, it's the same word that God the Father uses in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, when the Lord Jesus was baptized by John, and the voice from heaven, which was God the Father, comes and speaks words over his son, and he describes him as his beloved. And that's the same word that Paul is using here of these friends. And so when you put that together in this chapter 16 of Romans, what you see is um, there were numerous acquaintances that he held with the people in the city of Rome. And he describes them in various ways, households, churches, co-workers. And secondly, there were the workers in the gospel, people who he'd work side by side with, which you just sense there is this deep affection. They're almost like family to him. But yet in the midst of all these people, there's four that he describes as his beloved. And I was thinking about this. And you can see the uh, names here. I've just got three of the four of them. Uh, And you can see those verses. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ. Uh, in Asia, you see Ampelatus, but my dear friend in the Lord, Grudobanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachius. And then lastly, in verse 12, his dear friend uh, Persis, a woman who worked hard in the Lord with him. And I think when we think about the Apostle Paul, uh, we think of this great man who we know was single, who preached the gospel all through uh, the Mediterranean regions, Uh, from Jerusalem right round to Rome in the Greek areas and the Turkish areas. He often suffered for this cause. Uh, He was beaten on occasions. He was imprisoned. Uh, He was shipwrecked. Uh, He also had uh, people who were close to him desert him. 
And at times he appears superhuman, you could say, in the way he just keeps going for Christ through all of the trials and struggles and difficulties that he has to face. And I think what's fascinating is behind it, you see that one of the key things that sustained him were actually these relationships he had. Uh, These people were very dear to him. And it struck me because we don't know much about these people. In fact, we know very little at all about them. But obviously they're very significant to Paul, that he would describe them as his beloved, his deep friends, and they were very important. And so it wasn't just that the Lord Jesus sustained Paul in his mission and in his ministry. What you also see here is that there were just there was this raft of friends, some of them very dear to him, who were companions with him in the journey of life and in the ministry of the gospel. And they were very significant. There was this great value of friendship for the Apostle Paul. And friendship is very valuable. And I was thinking about friendship, and there's five words that uh, I was thinking, for me, describe friendship. Firstly, uh, it's very ordinary. And I say that not to undermine it, but I say that because we don't often celebrate friendship. It's one of these just common things in life. Uh, We have friends. It's ordinary. And I think we don't often realise how profoundly important friendship is. Because it is so ordinary at one level. And the second thing about it is it's universal. And the thing I love about friends and friendship, which I think is very liberating, is it's not a gift for the few. It's not for the wealthy. It's not for just the privilege. It's actually just for anyone who will be a friend, who will work on friendships. And anyone in this world can actually have friends. And I think that is a wonderful thing. But the third thing about friendship is they are profound. And we've seen here, I think, the profound nature of the way they assisted Paul in his ministry. But I want to give you another statistics from something I was reading, and it's to do with the profound impact that the relationship of friendship has on our health. Uh, some health experts have said that the health consequences of being friendless and living in isolation is dire. Loneliness affects us both mentally and physically. It contributes to depression, low self-worth, and poorer psychological well-being. And you see this when they look at the effect of uh, loneliness in people and the way uh, they live or don't live in terms of mortality stakes. And apparently it's as bad having chronic loneliness as smoking 15 cigarettes a day in terms of the impact that it will have on your life uh, and life expectancy. And so I thought, if you're going to choose between going on a new diet or starting a friendship, go with the friend every day. (laughs) Far more important. Eat well and have some friends. Now the fourth thing is, they're essential. And you see, that's what we're seeing. And what I've just said in terms of the profound nature of it, they are absolutely essential for us. And not everyone can get married, but everyone can have a friend. And I was thinking that in terms of our church life together and walking the journey of holiness that God calls us to, that we are to follow Christ and live for him in this world. And I thought one of the great struggles that we often have is with human sexuality. And it is something that's to be reserved for marriage alone. And if you're not married as a single person, then chastity is the call of the gospel. And one of the ways that single people can not just survive but also thrive in this scenario is through rich, healthy friendships. And not just in the area of human sexuality, in all areas of life. I think for us to thrive, we need other people that we're doing life with. And there's no doubt when I see Christians who are isolated, they're often struggling as a result in their faith. But when we've got good Christian brothers and sisters who are friends beside us, who are walking well with us, it's such an encouragement to us. They're absolutely essential. But lastly, you'd also have to say they're complicated. 
And I think for all of us, we know the reality of broken friendships, of difficult friendships, uh, of fractured relationships. Uh, I think in my own life of some of the events and relationships that have transpired. And there's some wonderful moments that I can remember, but there's also some very painful ones. And in particular, a friendship that's broken that I've never been able to repair from my best friend growing up. And that's the nature of friendships. They are complicated because you see this mix of human desire but also human sinfulness as we want to be friends but yet we struggle in our friendships and there's a complexity to it. And I love what Michael Jensen wrote. Uh, He wrote a uh, magazine article in the Eternity Christian magazine recently on friendship and he said these words, friendship is a basic human need without which it is almost impossible to survive. And he noted, even Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway made a friend, Wilson, out of a volleyball. If you haven't seen that movie, it is a very um, significant movie to watch. Uh, It's a great movie of human triumph in adversity, but also of how to survive in isolation. And the only way that Hanks in the movie survives is by making a friend with this volleyball that got washed up on the deserted island he was with. And you might think that's a bizarre thing, but he just needed someone or something to actually talk to, to have a sense of companionship to get through life with. Well, that's the value of friendship. We absolutely need them. But secondly, the transformation of friendship. And there's no doubt for me that one of the great truths of the Christian faith is that the gospel changes everything. And when I say changes everything, it changes how, how our whole outlook on life. And in particular, it changes friendship in a way that I think it broadens our friendship base and it deepens our capacity to have friends and be friends. And it puts at the base of our friendship something that is just so profound. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who is really the one who brings us together as friends in the Christian faith. And I've got a reading for us, uh, which is Hebrews 13. Again, last chapter in a book, uh, not often read that much, uh, not often preached on, but yet it's got a profound list of little instructions um, on a whole range of topics in uh, chapter 13 of Hebrews. And it begins this way. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. And you just see this sense of the congregational life that the writer to the Hebrews is uh, picturing. And one of the things he's saying is so important is that they just keep developing this love and friendship for each other in a general sense. But then he says these words in verse 2. Do not forget to show hospitalities to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. And the reason I bring this uh, passage to us is because that word hospitality uh, is a very significant and interesting word in the original language. Uh, It comes from two words in the Greek language, which is uh, the word philos, where we get the word friend, and secondly, the word xenia or xenos, which is the word for stranger. Uh, Xenos is where you get the concept of xenophobia, to be afraid of strangers or uh, unknown situations with people. And the Greek language puts them together. And that's our word for hospitality. In other words, hospitality equals a love or a friendship of strangers. And I think the way it's been um, converted in our modern secular world is that we just think it's what we do with our friends. We have them over. We have hospitality. We invite them into our homes. But in the first century, to have hospitality was almost uh, the opposite. It was to take people you didn't know into your home. And you put these two verses together uh, that the writer has put. In other words, be friends, love those who are your brothers and sisters, but also be a friend to those you don't know. And I love the way he puts it. Because by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. And he's reflecting there on some of the experiences of the people of God in the Old Testament. And I want you to think about that. This whole concept of hospitality and loving strangers. You see, this is the nature of what the gospel does to us. It changes how we view people. And as people who have been loved by the Lord Jesus and forgiven and given hope by his death and resurrection, 
We don't look on people to use them. We don't look on people as just, I'm going to associate those with those who are just the same as me. And within the Greco-Roman Empire and that context and culture, a friendship was entered into with those who were similar in your social standing. You would never have friendships with people who are below you in terms of your social standing. It was something that you chose very carefully. But what happens with the gospel is it broadens and deepens our concept and our capacity to have friendship because of our experience of God's love in Christ and our meeting of the Lord Jesus who has befriended us. And it really does transform our friendships and the people we have friends with and the way we have friendships. It deepens them, it broadens them. And I wanted to illustrate this by telling you the story of a girl I read about. I've been reading a number of books about friendship and this story was in the book. And the lady I'm speaking, going to speak about is a lady called Lauren Winner. And she's written a book there, you can see Girl Meets God. And she's got a fascinating story. She was raised by a Southern Baptist mother as well as a Jewish father. And because the father was Jewish, he raised the kids to be Jewish. Now... Lauren was a bookworm who loved studying and she loved practicing the ins and outs of tradition growing up. And she officially decided to convert to being a Jew. Apparently it was not automatic because of the mixed nature of the family and her being a girl. And so when she began her undergraduate education at Columbia University over in America, she made this decision and she was officially converted to become a Jew. And she was wholehearted in her efforts, which included at 6 a.m. study sessions. Uh, it also commit, involved a commitment to observe the laws of Kashrut. I'm not quite sure what that is, but uh, it was a Jewish practice. But two years after her conversion, she found herself in Cambridge, also studying. She's a very bright lady. And there, she said, she felt strangely called by the Lord Jesus. I won't go into the conversion, um, but she became a Christian. And in her studies at Cambridge University, she met a new group of friends who just loved her and cared for her. And I love the way she described the friends that she had then and the friends that she had at Columbia University. She writes, The day before I left Cambridge for good, I saw Paul and Gillian, two of the most annoying of the annoying Christians, on the Clare Bridge, and I hugged them. I said I would miss them. I thought I was lying just to be polite, but I wasn't. I miss them. I do. No one else I ever meet will have pledged to support me in my life of Christ, which is exactly what Paul and Gillian pledged at my baptism. The friends at Columbia the friends I meet for drinks at trendy bars in the village, the friends with whom I chat about post-structuralism and Derrida, French philosopher, well, those people didn't witness my baptism. They didn't cheer at my confirmation. They didn't pray with me every Sunday for two years. They didn't hand me Kleenex tissues when I burst into inexplicable tears in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. They aren't my brothers and sisters in Christ. They are merely friends. And do you hear what she's saying? Yes, I've got friends that I go and do the things of the world with, go to bars and drink and chat about interesting topics. But they're not the friends who love me deeply, who know me deeply, and who I am doing the wonderful journey of the Christian life with. These are the friends that the gospel have transformed and that gospel has transformed that friendship. And what she is so eloquently describing is how the gospel changes everything, including the very DNA of friendship. And friendships to Lauren Winner were no longer just about preference and social status but an expression of our experience of salvation in Jesus Christ. And friendships for her were now orientated outwards to serve the needs of others through self-giving love, such that now we even make friends 
with strangers, with people who are different from us, from people who have higher social standing and lower social standing, with people who are richer and poorer, single and married. It's the profound nature of friendship in the Christian faith. It is totally transformed by the gospel. And I want to finish by thinking about what it means then as Christians to practice friendship. Because there's no doubt that we need to do that because the gospel changes everything, including our friendships. And I want to read through a number of Proverbs to, as well as one gospel story just to think practically in application about actually how do we practice friendship well. And the first thing I want to say is this. Uh, we actually need to work at our friendships. They're not just something that is an automatic in the Christian life. And I love what Proverbs 18.24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. In other words, there are unreliable friends. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it's a great reminder and word to us that we need to be friends who are reliable, who can be counted on, and who do stick with people through both the thick and the thin of life. The joys of life and also the struggles of life. And if you want to have friends, you need to be a good friend. And to be a good friend, we need to work at it in terms of modelling Christ's self-giving love to the people who we're in friendship and relationship with. And people sometimes complain to me that they don't have any friends. And when they tell me that, I do want to try and listen and be empathetic and try and understand why that is the case. But I'm also thinking, to what extent have you been a good friend? To what extent are you reliable? Do you initiate things with your friends? Do you stick with people like Jesus sticks with us or are you just flaky? And it has to be said, some people have no friends at all because all of their relationships are just about them and their needs. And that's not friendship. When you have someone relating to you like that, it's very difficult. But secondly, we need to pick our friends wisely. Proverbs 12, 26 says this, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And it's a great reminder that it is very important who we have walking the Christian faith with us. The people you choose to associate with will affect you for better or worse. It's why we say to our kids, pick your friends well at school. And if you ask parents what's important for school, well, yes, there is the academic side of it, but actually when you boil it down, it's, are my kids making good friends at school? It's a very significant question to ask as parents. And when I was first converted, I had a motley crew of friends. They were great people, let me say. I loved them. But I stopped going out to the party scenes late at night because, you see, each weekend they'd be drinking not just drinking, they'd be doing drugs. And I used to go out with them, but I'd often come home at 11 o'clock when kind of things got wild. And I wanted to stay as their friends and not abandon them just because I'd become a Christian. But I also needed to choose new friends and have friends who were going to help me in my walk with Christ. And the thing that was fascinating for me is the people I became friends with were not the ones before becoming a Christian I would have ever thought I would be friends with because they were so different to me. But yet they had this profound love for me which just melted my kind of preconceptions and the barriers I had up. And they were great friends. And they enabled me at that stage of life to just grow in my faith. And it was profoundly important and one of them I'm still friends with. His name's David Painter, our mission partner over in Cambodia. And it's always a great joy to see David. And he was such an unlikely friend to have, but I became friends with him through the gospel. And it was wonderful. But thirdly, be honest in your friendships. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies, uh, multiplies kisses. Um, you're no friend if you never say anything that's difficult to your friends. And we actually need to be in relationships that are close enough and trusting enough to have people who can speak into our lives and we can speak into their lives. It's what I spoke about two weeks ago in terms of the whole ministry of encouragement and admonition. 
We need people to cheer us on, but we also need people who will correct us. And we need friends and we need to be friends who will on occasion, not all the time, but when needed, say those difficult words. And let me say, one of the things that's so important for us is that we do have people close to us so that if they are straying, we can be the ones who say, come on back. Start walking along the centre of the road according to the gospel. And that's what good friends do. There's an honesty in their relationships. But the last thing I want to say is be a witness to your friends. One of the statistics about how people come to faith is this. There's normally always a significant Christian person or friend whom they know has been an influence in their life. And I think this is one of the challenges for people who've been Christian for a long time. We can just have our group of friends who are Christian who are within the church. And I want you to think about that instruction from the book of Hebrews. Be friends to strangers. That may be strangers who are here in the church. It may be strangers to people who are in the world. Be a friend to them. And we need to have a witness to friends who are new who are outside the church. The church that has no friendship with people in the world is not a church who resembles the Lord Jesus. I've got on the screen some favourite words of mine from Luke chapter 5. It's the story of when Levi was called to become a follower of the Lord Jesus and one of his disciples. In verse 27 of chapter 5, we read this. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. But note what happens next. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. And the first thing he does is he takes Jesus and he says, come and meet my friends. And we need to be the same. We need to have friends who are not part of this fellowship, who are in the world, who we love and befriend and are witnessing to about the love of Christ. And so may we do those four things. May we work at our friendships. May we choose our friends wisely that are close to us. But may we also have friends who are outside the Christian faith that we can bring in to know about Jesus and may we be honest in our friendships because you see friendships are so valuable they're essential in life they're profound and though we often don't view them that way because they are so ordinary they're something that every single person needs and can have and they're transformed by the gospel to give us a depth and a love and a service such that these friendships become critical for us to walk the mile together and reach the end and become mature in Christ. Let me pray. Father, we do thank you for the friendships we have and we just pray that you would enable us to work at our friendships, to be good friends and to just value them. People both inside and outside the church, we thank you for this great gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, we're now going to finish with a great hymn. And so wherever you are, I encourage you just to lift your voices and sing out and join in with the singers on the screen. Things have done in whom is born.
to see for me Margaret and Martin and uh, Barb up on the screen again. Uh, I'm glad we've got those recordings from ages ago. It's so long since I've seen Margaret and Martin and Barb. Just uh, great to have you leading us in song. Our friendships mean a lot don't they? And to be without friendships uh, can be devastating. Uh, I met with um, I think his name is John, who heads up uh, Lifeline Northern Beaches uh, last year. And I asked uh, him, uh, what would you say is the biggest difficulty that you see people presenting with when they call in on the crisis line? And he didn't have to think for very long. He immediately said, loneliness. There's such a high proportion of people in our society who really are suffering from loneliness. During COVID, uh, th so many things have been disrupted, but there is opportunity for us to show kindness to people who may otherwise be cut off and lonely. Uh, we learn this from the gospel of Jesus as we watch him making friends, being a friend. Uh, now is a great opportunity for us to act as friends. Let me finish with these words, firstly from the scriptures and then with a blessing. In uh, Hebrews 13 we heard, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters and do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. And May the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen.